You're listening to Young Adult. Where we are reading through The Well of Ascension by Brandon Sanderson. Today we're covering Chapter 5. I stride in the room all young and hip. We're really getting through this, aren't we? <laughs> um, yeah, ex- extra long chapter, so only one chapter this episode. Um, so, like all chapters, this starts with a snippet. Yeah, so this is just uh, what's-his-face, the priest, saying he's he's realized that Elendi cannot be allowed to complete his quest which I, I did highlight this because it seems like maybe he knew that something bad would happen if the quest was completed. Like it, it seems like maybe the the it ended up being uh, Radshek rather than Rashek, no D, Rashek, still no D. Yes, rather than uh, Elendi who completed it, but it still didn't work out great, did it? So well, maybe it would have worked out better if they'd let Elendi do it. Maybe, but maybe it would have been just as bad. Perhaps. His name is Quan, by the way. Quan, okay. Not yeah, the easiest name to I'm remember. I'm probably not going to remember that yet. They're not very memorable names, these uh, ancient terracemen. No, no, not really. But his name is Quan. So, uh, the actual chapter, we have Vin wandering the streets. We're back to full-on Vin chapters. Um, and Vin... Well, let's see what... No... You, uh, I'm not sure where that was. <laughs> I do not take as many notes as you do. Uh, I think that's known. Well, I, I just I just don't remember that happening. So uh, what? Vin doesn't know who she is. Vin, oh, who she is? Okay, I misread that. I thought you said where she is. Okay, that that, where that, that she that's, is. that's a little after. Ex- well, exactly. I didn't I didn't remember that. Happening. Okay, so uh, while she's walking the streets, uh, she thinks about the changes that have happened and so on. We get we had quite a lot of that, but uh, the only one that I thought was worth mentioning was that she talks about how there are still urchins. There are still urchins, just not as urchiny urchins as there were well, before. Well, yeah, because it basically sounds like she's thinking about how great it is that crime has gotten more common. She's like, oh, back in my day, we would never have dared to steal things. But now people have got more money. The The urchins must be doing great. They can steal things all the time. Yeah, it was a bit... <laughs> uh-huh. I guess having been an urchin, she probably has more sympathy for this than... Sure. The person who would more likely to get stuff stolen off them would be. But like it, it sounds like what she's actually saying is under Elend, the laws aren't enforced as much and crime has increased. <laughs> but like she's she's putting this really positive spin on us. Oh yeah, this is all the poor are better off because now they can commit crimes. <laughs> uh, um, she also. As as you as you said, she starts thinking that she isn't sure who she is, not where she is. <laughs> she gets. Who? It seems like it seems like Vin is perhaps still trying to shed the identity of Valette. Mm, uh, yeah, she she thinks about how oh yeah that was just a mask. I'm not really Valette. Blah blah blah. And then she immediately looks at like a dress shop and spends like a solid paragraph or two staring at it, like resisting the urge to buy a dress. <laughs> Because the money she's spending now is Alen's money, and that's the money of the kingdom. <laughs> it's the only reason she doesn't buy a dress, it seems. She also, while she's pondering her identity, she fingers the simple bronze earring that was the only thing she had as a memento of mother. I'm like, I haven't checked, double-checked this, but I'm like 90, 95% sure that this was not a bronze earring in the previous book. What do you think it was in the last book? I'm I'm pretty sure it was... Either not described or it was silver or like silver. I think, in color. I think you'd remember if it was silver, wouldn't you? Well, that's exactly why I remember because I, I'm pretty sure that I remember her taking it out of her pocket near the end of the book and putting it back in, and it mentions it being silver. I'll I'm not certain about that, but what do you think that could mean? Um, well, I'm actually wondering. We were warned that somewhere around this point, there's a mistake in the text. That's true. I'm wondering if maybe this is the mistake, like. Maybe she's going. Maybe she finds out next chapter that it's bronze or something, like it was only silver plated, which would make sense because it's not supposed to be an expensive thing. Yeah, I suppose that's possible. Although a silver stud is not that valuable anyway. No, I know. 
I, I wish I wish I double checked that actually, but um, maybe you talk about the what what she's actually shopping for. Yeah, I my notes are a little bit messed up. I I did that thing where I read a bit and then I take notes after, so my notes are a little mm. bit out of order. Oh yeah, because uh, she doesn't she doesn't reach her destination without bumping into uh, a bunch of people who surround her. Yeah, so one of the things Vin runs into on her exciting day of shopping is uh, people who are priests of the survivor. Yeah, they're Kelsier cultists. Um, or are they? I mean, they, well, they are. This is, I mean, we, we get the, it's kind of a cliche scene. It's like the whole, oh, they, they, they worship Vin sort of as, as his, they, they call her Lady Air because she's like Kelsier's heir. Which kind of makes sense, want, to be honest. Her, want her to bless their kids, that kind of thing. Yeah, so... Kelsier gone and having left no actual, like, plan after, you know, the defeat of the Lord Ruler, has left these priests and followers of this little religion to be kind of lost. They don't really know what they're supposed to be doing. They They literally say that to Vin. They're like, what are we what are we supposed to be doing? Show us the way type deal. And Vin has no idea. Vin does not really know because she's felt the same way for this past year that Kelsier has left her kind of directionless, kind of aimless and wandering around, almost lost without Kelsier's help because he was always the plan maker and now he's gone. Sorry for for uh, <laughs> for for stopping that. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm going through all the the times that the earring is mentioned. Yeah, no, I can. It's definitely can she that. calls it a simple stud several times. It's possible that I just pictured it as silver. To be honest, I pictured it as silver as well, just because that's what I associate with like nothing fancy. Yeah, or like you know, even like steel or something. But like, yeah, a, a bronze bronze earring is an unusual. Thing. Um, it, does, it definitely doesn't say in the scene where she puts it on that it's that it's silver. It's just her mother's earring. I would imagine that kind of silvery color is what people just generally associate with metal. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is this is just me hallucinating a false detail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, gl- glad that I checked that then because people would have definitely come at you. Yeah. Well, probably anyway. Um, I mean, it's, uh, definitely, I was I was wrong when I guessed that that was uh, some kind of mistake. Oh, uh, also in this sequence, before she leaves, she thinks, and I, I I pulled this out mainly because I just love quantifying and getting a sense of how powerful these characters are. She says, "Missborn weren't invincible. One man she could kill. Ten men could give her trouble. An army." Trails off. Could, trails off. Yeah. Presumably we could kill her. Yeah, because one of the things these people are saying is that, you know, surely with your great power you'll be able to keep the army from killing us all. And she's like, uh, runs away. <laughs> um, so obviously, Vin feels a lot of pressure from this publicity. Yeah, it's funny. They they talk... They talk later in this chapter, there's like a bit where they talk about like, oh yeah, we'll have to just figure out a way to deal with that army. And the way the way they talk, they it just feel it feels funny to me that like they're a bit casual about it. Like yeah, they 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 definitely they talk as if there's going to be a solution, but like realistically, they're just doomed, right? Like there's if this was like it, it makes me almost feel like like in a role playing game or something, you know? Yeah. If you as no knowing that your party are the protagonists, so you could you'd be casual, like you know we got to f- figure out a way to deal with this big threat, but. In real life, if you were, you know, the leader of a nation, uh, not even a nation, of a city, and a, a, you're surrounded by a much larger army, like, you're not, you're nine times out of ten, you're not going to come up with some clever trick that'll just defeat their army. You have to strategize. Yeah, like, they're they're saying, like, they, they, they literally say, I, I sh- I'm skipping way ahead here, but they literally say later in this chapter, like, we have to convince... The city council not to surrender, and then we can think of a way to defeat the army. Yeah, 
if you can't think of a way to defeat the army, you actually should surrender. Right? That's true. <laughs> Could result in quite a few unnecessary deaths. Like, the, the only... I'm, okay, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not fair to say that the only reason to fight is if you have a way to, defeat, to win. Like, there's this maybe something to be said for not, you know, immediately surrendering. And then but if you, don't, over. if you do not have a strategy, surrender is probably your best option. Yeah. Like, there's something to be said for not giving into threats, but... To some extent. Yeah, they should, they should be, they should realistically be talking compromise here, I feel. Thousands of people could die. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they will actually come up with some clever solution that'll let them win, because this is a story. But in real life, this is bad planning. And bad ruling, honestly. I mean, thousands of lives are on the line. Mm. If not hundreds of thousands. I'm still not 100% sure how many people are supposed to live here. So, uh, going back to your previous note, which is what happens next. <laughs> yeah, so, Vin, like I, like I said, runs away and goes to where she actually wanted to go to, which is a little kind of... Dog. Merchant's shop. Dog shop. It's like a pet yeah. shop, I guess. It sells dogs. Um, Vin does a weird thing here. This is like this is just like a weird turn of phrase that I've never heard. She she walks past the stinky pens with her nose downturned at the smell. Is that a thing? How 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 how, how would that even work? I think that's kind of just when you kind of like bow your head. You know, when there's like a bad smell, you just kind of bow your head almost like into your chest, kind of like. Oh, like, like yeah, this. that maybe that's what's going on. When I when I mean, okay. I mean, I, I've I've heard the phrase. It's not something I would, you know, use commonly, but I've I've definitely heard that phrase said, and I, I'm I'm pretty okay, sure it's yeah. just you know you're turning your head almost into your body away from the smell. That that makes sense. I I, I don't think I've ever heard this. Phrase. It, it, what it had me picturing was like nose slipping upside down in her face. Well, like a. No, like like a like some kind of creature that can like flatten their nose, you know? <laughs> and be going, is this I swear I swear if this turns out to be a clue that they're actually goblins, I will lose my mind. It's they not, are not goblins. It's not a clue that they're goblins, because you're right, they're not goblins. But if it was uh this would be this would be a clue. Um they got they got these weird flat noses, they can just seal them shut. Uh, but yes, uh, she's there to buy a dog, and we got a bunch of goofy back and forth over the guy not wanting to sell her an actually dangerous dog. Uh, well, in fairness, he is trying to, like, sell her a puppy because she's a girl. Yeah. Instead of, like, saying, hey, you want to look at all the dogs I have on offer? He's like, I'll find you a nice, tiny little puppy. Well, yeah, it's weird. Like, on the one hand, he's he's kind of sexist about it. On the other hand, the dog that she actually wants is, like, legitimately way too big for you know, a, a, a skinny teenage girl. Like, it's it's a bit, it's like a gigantic wolfhound that's like incre- extremely aggressive. Like, if she was, she, she, she uses pewter to like kill it and carry it off. Uh, I, possibly kill it? She punches it in the head and it's played like she knocked it out. I yeah, at first I was, I, I don't know if this is possible, but I was wondering like, can you sue the dog? You That's can, a good you question. Can sue. I was like, I was like, oh, she's gonna go over to him. She's gonna use Alamancy to sue this. And I was like, no. I was like, wait, is that possible? And then she just punches it in the face. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's ever been established if Alamancy works on animals. I would actually guess it probably would. Just on general principles, like why wouldn't it? You know. Um. But yeah, like it, he 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 points out, like it, it weighs half as good as much as she does. Like it, it's it's a bigger than she is. <laughs> like it's not it's not a reasonable dog for her to buy uh, or alone. Like I'm not saying there's no situation where a young woman would want a dangerous attack dog, but if she does, she's gonna need some help to get it home, isn't she? So like, clearly. If she wasn't an Alamance, this would have been a, a really unreasonable purchase. Uh, I don't know why I'm defending this dumb comedy merchant character. 
He was in it for like a minute. <laughs> but uh, I know, I, I, he's not he's not a, a likable guy either. He's yeah, like, I mean, at first I had no idea what she was doing with this dog. And that's kind of why my brain was like, oh, she's going to soothe it or something. And then I was kind of thinking maybe she was going to have it protect a lend because she'd been having mm. anxiety about him. Yeah, I had the same thought. Um, but no, we find out very soon what she wants to do with that dog. Yeah, and in fairness, uh, it's also a pretty good idea, but... Yeah, well, it's a it's a good idea. It's a good it's an idea that I guess technically technically we didn't know was possible, but like we could have reasonably inferred. Um, actually, I'm not 100 percent convinced it is possible. Well, we'll talk about that. Um, but Orasaur is injured, and we get the interesting note that he has given himself extra muscles to hold his shattered skeleton together, so he yeah. looks all weird. Just just interesting that that's a thing he can do apparently. I guess it makes sense. I mean, he's replicating, right? So, yeah, yeah. But like, we know that he won't fight for Vin. Like, that's part of his contract. Yeah. But presumably, this implies that like he could turn into some kind of crazy killing machine with like tons of muscles if he wanted. Like, maybe, maybe. I, I don't really know. How I feel about that idea, if that'd be possible. I think it's it's got to be possible. Like, at the very least, he can shift his mass around in some way. Like, may- maybe maybe he can't make himself bigger, and he can't directly give himself like fangs or claws or anything, because he can he can only copy muscles. But like, he could definitely change into a, you know the shape of a crocodile and just have, like, you know, iron teeth in place of real teeth. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff you could do with this power. I'm pretty sure. I think I think you're pushing it perhaps a little bit further than it could go. I, I, don't, I don't think so, honestly. I think we, we know... You remember Kelsier commented that he had nothing to fear from an assassin's blade? Now, part of that might just be that, like, it, it, he, he doesn't seem to particularly care that much if he's injured, like... Yeah, he can just eat someone. If the if the bones are damaged, he needs them replaced, but that's about it. Like, he, we never got any implication that he's, he's got internal organs that can be damaged. Maybe he does, but... We, have, we haven't gotten any hints about... Well, I, he did bleed, so... There's blood, I guess. I don't know what to make of that. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing if he has internal organs, he can probably just reshape them at will, the same way he can his muscles. I would imagine he could, like, just make new ones or something. Yeah, like, if, if you stab him in the heart, he could just grow a new heart, and he's fine. Yeah, probably. So. Uh, but, anyway, my, my, my point was just, like, but that, that does make me think that he's he's probably not, I mean, even that alone means he's not a sludge in a fight. That's he, true. Because <laughs> he true. can just t- get take hits and keep going. Uh, we don't know how fast he can do this, in fairness, as well. Like, he did seem hurt after he was shot, so... Maybe this took him. These, these partial repairs took him a while. Um, but I, I still, I still think. I'm, well, I mean, he, he's eating these people, so like, it's not like he like gets bigger when he eats. I guess not. So, like, he could have at the at absolute worst, he could eat like a big guy or like an. And I think at most, he could probably eat like a bull or an elephant, and just be gigantic. And then again, he doesn't—he doesn't need to be the shape of a bull or an elephant. He could be just some kind of crazy troll monster or something. Yeah, I—I I think we—we we get some more talk about the Kandra in this chapter, and like what their deal is. We still don't get that much insight into them, but I think it's telling that they, or at least Ursor, uh. And I think I think probably all of them can. Uh, Elen says something about Kandra aren't bodyguards. It, I, I get the impression that these guys are like pacifists. Yeah, maybe that's the only reason they're not. They do eat dead bodies, though. So I mean, they do terrifying. kind of depend on death. Yeah, I mean, they're not going out to graveyards hoping to find some, you know, old guys because who have lived long, happy lives that's true yeah they they seem to depend on people who are murdered yeah that's in true. their prime well yeah he, he uses 
he was using execution victims, but like, yeah, admittedly, if you're working for a noble or something, that's not that's already pretty sketchy. Like working for people that a noble has executed, they're probably probably going to be some unjust victims in there. Yeah, but and, I, I and we know that and we we know we know that this particular Kandra pretended to be a specific guy for Kelsier that Kelsier at the very least personally assassinated, right? Or like like what are the odds that Kelsier just found that guy dead? He was like, "Hey, look, it's just a dead <laughs> noble guy that exists." <laughs> well, isn't that just my luck? Yeah, and I I think I think it's I think it's very likely that he killed him specifically as part of this plan, right? He went up to Orsor and was like, "Hey, I'll pay you as trillion gold worth of ADM and then you'll <laughs> work for me. And Orsor was like, sure. I wonder how long his contract is. Hmm, that's a good question. Will there ever become a point during the story where Vin will need to extend the contract and have no ADM? And then Orsor will, like, turn on her and eat her. I don't feel eater, but I could definitely see him leaving. I mean, in fairness, Vin is a huge jerk to Orsir. Like, I mean, you can kind of see why, though. To be fair, he's, we, he's he was all, he was always kind of. We see in this chapter that he's he's not happy about it. Um. So the the very the very first thing, in fact, that that happens here is as as we mentioned, Vin's plan is for him to turn to the dog. I think I think we said that, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. We've uh, been talking about it for the last ten minutes. <laughs> I hope I hope we made that clear. Um. So, Ursur gives a weird, vague objection to this. He just says, uh, I am a man. And then he says, I will not do this thing easily. You will need to compel me by virtue of the contract. Yeah, he's pretty begrudging towards this idea. Yeah. Um... I so my first thought here is so like we've been kind of assuming or at least I have that if he eats a person he copies their brain and that's why he's able to talk yeah so presumably if he does this he won't just like die and be a dog now wait yeah he'd be kind of a useless spy if he was just a dog like if if that's if that's what's going to happen he does not object nearly enough so that that can't be what's going to happen, right? He doesn't. He doesn't give any like reasoning. He's just like, I don't want to be a dog. Yeah. Like if if well, this he does, was if he was going to die, then I feel like he'd be more like. You do he, realize this will kill me, right? He says a regular body only takes a few hours. This could take longer. So he does go on about how it's more about replicating the fur. Uh, yeah. He says get, getting that much fur to look right will be challenging. He says he can't copy fur, so he needs to like wear, which I guess implies that he was wearing like the scalps. Of his victims previously. So that's fun. Uh, I guess fingernails as well. I guess. It's carrot and that's probably probably not something he could replicate. That sounds nasty. Although, they must be able to replicate eyes because... What about... You couldn't... You couldn't... Those wouldn't Tell me this man is going around wearing other people's, like, eyelashes. He's gotta be. That's... It's kind of gross. It's pretty gross. Hey, hey, remember when I said that he was wearing people's faces? He kind of is. Little bits of them. You don't get to approve that. He's wearing, you don't, you he's don't wearing eyebrows and eyelashes. Maybe if someone had notably and distinctive teeth. facial and, hair. And teeth, I guess, although. Maybe if someone had. How much of that really counts? I mean, false teeth would be literally the easiest part of any of this that we're talking about. Well, I mean, the teeth, teeth, I think, like, teeth stay in a skull, right? So. I, I mean, they kind of count as part of the skeleton, even though they're not, like, proper bone. But the, the in fairness, eyelashes and eyebrows, that's that's creepy stuff. That's extremely disturbing. So if we're going to keep going in order... Which I I think we should. Um, because... Well, so the next thing that happens is that Vin finds she's received a package. Yes, a little package on her desk. Uh, and the package is an aluminum alloy. So this is probably the most important part of the entire chapter. It probably, yeah. I mean, I mean the Kendra stuff is is, is also it's pretty important, important, but I, I but. feel like this is like the main bulk of the chapter. Yeah. So first of all, we learn that aluminum is rare 
it's used in noble noble dining where was where this guy got some yeah um which is interesting because it puts actually a fairly narrow band on the tech level at least as regards aluminum really because, yeah because aluminum went from like nobody knows this is a thing it just wasn't a no metal right. to being discovered and being really rare and being used as a precious metal oh really oh yeah I, yeah aluminum was a precious metal for a while uh including being used uh like it was it was the it was fancier than gold it was it was more it was rarer than gold and aluminum knives and forks and stuff were actually fancier than gold ones uh the washington monument you know the washington monument yeah is that you know big obelisk yeah the t- it, it's crowned with an aluminum tip because again that was fancier than having a gold one uh i'm much surprised that this is in here because this is like a, a really fun bit of trivia that you definitely will run across if you're researching metals <laughs> um or just familiar with like the history of metallurgy even a little bit the uh, common interests well, I'm, to many. Well, definitely common to Brandon Sanderson, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, his whole book is based on it. <laughs> he definitely Googled. I'm just making fun of you. Metalist <laughs> a bit, uh, but yeah. Uh, then a cheap way of producing it was discovered, and it plummeted in value. And now we literally like use aluminum foil as like nothing. We just wrap we wrap our sandwiches in it and then throw it away. Like, uh, which I, I always think is is a really fun. It, like, imagine if you went to the future and, like, people were just wrapping their sandwiches in gold foil and then throwing it away. Like, thick gold foil. Yeah. And you were like, what, what is this? Or, like, they're, like, they're, like they, they store their food in gold cans and then throw them away. Or may, maybe some of them recycle them if they're being particularly diligent. And you're like, whoa, is this solid gold? And they're like, yes. It, what, what are you talking about? it's not quite the same because like gold has been rare forever and is kind of objectively a bit rare but but not that rare like there are there are uh, asteroids out there which are like mostly gold I did know that yeah it's the first thing you said that I've known um it's funny there's an episode of Star Trek where they pay some aliens in gold yeah and the, the Ferengi and then later on the Ferengi come back as like a major race. That's and, true. I, but la- I even but la- know what the later, are. later, there's actually some jokes where they're like, "Oh, we're, our our latinum, our made up space metal, we, we wrap it up in this worthless gold to keep it to keep it stable." <laughs> really? there's, 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 yeah, there's a hilarious episode where Quark the Ferengi gets scammed and he examines his his payment closely. He goes, "Wait a minute, the latinum is gone. This is just worthless gold." No, I think I've seen that episode. It's 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 really it's really good. But yeah, the uh, which is which is much, which makes much more sense because gold is not objectively that rare in space. Like it's it's rare relative to, say, carbon, but like it's not actually rare. Uh, it's not rare enough to use as a currency if you've got spaceships. But returning to the actual series, yeah, aluminum. I've been I've been googling the history of aluminum as I as I talked about this. <laughs> uh, so, actual like refined metal aluminum was discovered in the year uh, eighteen twenty four. So that's actually quite late, right? That's that's pretty recent, yeah. Yeah, um, that was the first successful refinement of aluminum, and even then, there was some, you know, it, t- it took a little while to identify, blah, blah, blah. But um, the Bayer process, which is one of the processes we still use today to, to use it, was discovered in 1889. So, like... Very, very recent. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, when it, that's when the price dropped. So, it's only during that window from... Even, even to say 1825 is really not accurate because it took another, like... 20, 25 years for production to really get underway. So, so like looking at it from a historic perspective, basically, if, if this this story, if we were going just from this fact, we would say essentially takes place somewhere between eighteen fifty and eighteen ninety. So like very very recently, yeah, like <laughs> recently, but also like that's a very narrow band, is what I'm saying. 
in particular, I wouldn't be shocked if electricity was used in a lot of those methods. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how early... I, I know modern aluminum, does they do use electricity, but I don't know if early methods of refining it involved electricity. Um, I, anyway, I bring this up because we've talked about the tech level of this world before. Yeah. Um, we know they have clocks. We know that they have those lights, whatever the name of those lights are, limelights. Limelights, yeah. Which, again, are relatively recent. I mean, now, we, we, we know from word of Brandon, it's not supposed to be, like, exactly equivalent to a specific Earth time period. But uh, I still find it interesting to, to get a, a better sense of, like, what exactly is the technology level here? Because, obviously, we know, they, we know they don't have gunpowder. That's pretty clear. Or that, that would definitely have come up. Yeah. Um, so obviously that'll, that alone, like having aluminum and crossbows in the same setting is kind of inherent, like an only crossbows, like no other, no, no, with having aluminum without firearms is by earth standards anachronistic or just inherently. Hmm. Um, but obviously there's nothing to say that you can't discover one before the other. Uh, anyway, so then complains a great deal that Uruso didn't notify her about this. This package that she was waiting for. Because he was not specifically commanded to. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's pretty clear that he you know, he's he's deliberately uh trying to, to work to rule, as they say. Um and then she goes and talks to Elanda Duxon. Well, just to lend Oh, no, sorry, I was thinking of Hamlet coming in later. Yeah, uh, Docs is there chatting. Uh, yeah, uh, talk about specifically Orisor, because the land wants her to keep him around as a bodyguard, and she wants him to stay, look after her land, basically. Uh, so the only bit of this conversation that I actually thought was worth highlighting was... Ben says, Akander's no bodyguard, and Alain says, I know, but they're incredibly loyal. I've never heard of one breaking contract. Sounds like foreshadowing that perhaps he will break his contract. Um, maybe. I think it's, I think it, your suggestion that maybe the contract will run out is more likely. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. But when I did read that, I was like, oh gosh, this kind of an ominous phrase to like have specifically in there. Mm. You know, they're very loyal. I've never heard of one breaking their contract. Yeah, that also... It struck it, me as a little bit... It's another... In, adi- in addition to the dog thing, that's a pretty big hit to the idea that they take on per- the personality of their victims. That's true, because... And they'd be a dog. Well, that, but also, like... <laughs> this 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 line is also a hit to that, because, like, most people are not incredibly... Peaceful. Uh, peaceful, but, l- like... Loyal. Lawful, I guess, would be <laughs> kind of the word. Like, you know, most people, you would not say... There's n- never in history would would this person have ever broken a contract, right? Yeah. Uh, so clearly, this is something like specific to Kandra in some way. Maybe it's part of their sort of alien mindset as another species, or maybe it's part of their culture. We don't know. Um. Yeah. Uh, they also talk about whether Elander Kelsier is better, and. Uh, Vin offers an interesting take on Kelser here. She says he was a, a hard man, and she says, I don't blame him. He was of the streets, like me. When you struggle so hard for life, you grow strong, but you can grow harsh, too. Uh, Vin here has forgotten that Kelser was raised as a noble. But he was then a scar. Like, I mean, he definitely had some hard times in his life, but... I mean, he also lived in the mines, but... I, calling him I think of, she's calling him of the streets. I think is not true at all. I frankly. think I think it's true. He was a noble, and then he was a member of an extremely wealthy and successful thieving crew. Working I closely, close working closely with Alamancer's, which I I guess is mainly because he, he had a, a brother and wife who were both Alamancer's. Uh, yeah, I imagine the, I imagine Marsh was actually probably his initial in there. He would have. I guess he would. He would have been the the kid tagging around with Marsh, right? Probably, for a while, I guess. Yeah, like 
the kid with no powers hanging around with the guy with actual useful powers. I guess he was the dachshund. <laughs> he was, yeah, uh, I guess. He was the dachshund slash spook. Yeah, well, yeah, He. I mean... He was that kid. <laughs> yeah, I guess... Dachshund, I mean, Dachshund... Dachshund has proven that it is possible by sheer talent to make it in this... And, I mean, clearly Kelsier did at some point. I don't know if... I don't know if he was... Was, was he explicitly the leader when... Uh, Mayor was captured. I think, I think he was, wasn't he? I think he was. So that's that's actually pretty impressive. Now that I say that, like to to be the to rise to be the leader of a thieving crew of Mistborn, or or uh, Mistings at least, uh, without any powers. Like that's. I mean, I guess like they weren't. I don't know. Like, how how big time were they? Like, the, he basically uses the exact same crew to overthrow the Empire. So they must have been pretty big, right? And yeah. they... And we get a lot of stuff about, like, how they're... You know, they're used to wealth and stuff in the first book. Breeze especially. Um, but, like, there's, there's a lot of talk about funding and, you know, the whole... How the crew, you know, are, like, uh, you know, Eden complaining, like, oh, you know, this may not be big money to... To wealthy thieves like you, but to us, it's, we've been scrounging for all these pennies for it's it's our savings time, over decades. Yeah. How long would you have put Kelsier? How or how old would you have put Kelsier before this chapter? Um, because I seem to remember you saying forties, if not maybe fifties. I think I did. I might have said that specifically because I thought he was Ben's father potentially. I mean. At 38, which is how old we find out he was in this chapter, he still could be. That would put him as yeah, 20 I don't years know. older. I, I mean, we, we, yeah, More we, than 20 we years, because that's when he died. Which... That puts him at like 22, 23 years older. In, in a world this far back. That's true, yeah. That's no, you're very, right. He, he absolutely could have been Ben's father. Yeah, because um, I, I, I just... It wasn't a prediction or anything, but I think I might have said late thirties, early forties, and you said I was picturing him more late forties. Yeah, that might point. be that might be right. I think maybe you convinced me that he he has some he has some young man energy to him, but he also has that kind of mentor. Yeah, he's the wise mentor, but he's he's the mentor who's still a bit of a madman. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't do. He's not your typical like Gandalf or. Uh, I want to reference the equivalent from Aragon, but you wouldn't know that guy. Um, the his name starts with like a B, doesn't it? God, does it? I, I can't remember his name. Now. I've read part of Aragon, <laughs> so I do know who you mean. I just don't remember his name. Um, yeah, but the uh, you know Obi Wan obviously would be the other. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> Brom, yes. Boom! I win. It does start with the B. Yes, I was, I, I was thinking. Then I was thinking. There's, there's Galbatorix, who's not. Yeah, he's like the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have like a vague memory that like I used to think his name sounded like Broth, and then it it wasn't. I don't know. That's all I remember. I just knew it started with B. Yeah. Um. I just thought it was interesting that Kelsier was 38. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I I think it it makes sense though, right? That that is like it's it's young enough that it fits but it's also old enough that it fits yeah because i mean he had a wife he had you mm. know and i think i think he i think he outright said that vin was young enough was, to be his daughter yeah. yeah i like i think that's probably like specifically young enough to be his daughter with, with mayor. mayor yeah yeah no because we were just we were talking about his life and i was thinking i wonder how long he would have spent doing each of these things because mm. he spent like two years in the pits or whatever so um, he's, he must have actually been a fairly young man when he got sent to the pits. Like, early 30s? I guess... How, I can't remember how long he spent in the pits. I, I feel like he spent, like, a year or a couple of years. Hmm. And then he's been out for, like, two years. If there's three, I suppose, by the end. I'm right that he he hadn't pulled any jobs with the crew since then, right? I don't think he'd so. He'd been kind of hell-raising. Uh, I think, like, he, yeah, he 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 was only working with Doxon after at that point, when, at the beginning of the book. Yeah. Um. 
which I, I only I only bring up because it's relevant to the question of like how big a deal they were before they got busted. Because like they they haven't it's it's not like they've since become a bigger deal now that they've got a Mistborn on the crew. Yeah, I mean they did become a bigger deal once they had a Mistborn on the crew, but uh, <laughs> the 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 big the amount of deal that they were at the start of the book was already fairly big. Um, anyway, so Vin then pulls out her new present, uh, and we learn that she's been system. I can't remember if we. Well, I see this here a little bit earlier, but we learned that she's been systematically searching through aluminum alloys, and we learned here that's because aluminum is a known metal. It's the metal that they made her burn that stripped her of her powers. It makes you. Yeah. It automatically uses up all your reserves. Um. So this is pretty significant, right? She. Uh, I mean, we might as well say that she burns it and it does something, but we don't know what. So we have a pretty significant, uh, we, we learn one metal and we learn another metal, but we don't learn what it does. That's true. So aluminum is the metal that the Inquisitors used. Yeah, and she burns an aluminum and copper alloy here and it does something. We just don't know what. Yeah. This was kind of giving me like the same vibe. Uh, as when Kelsier talked about how he had tried the 11th medal and just not felt anything. Mm. Uh, they also, they debate, when they're debating alimatic theory here, Ham argues that uh, if it doesn't make her sick, it must be a useful metal because every metal has only one valid alloy. Um, and then it's like, oh, well, we don't know if that's really true, you know. We, 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 alimatsy is a mystery, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let me just pull up... Yeah, it's tin. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, so tin has two alloys. Peter and bronze are both alloys of tin. So this is just straight up wrong. Hmm. Uh, now, it's true that you can arrange them into pairs of one base metal and one alloy. Uh, in which case, like it seems like the, the standard way of, of accounting it is that pewter is an alloy of tin and bronze is an alloy of copper. But alimatic pewter is bronze and tin. That's been very firmly established. So... Uh, this is a stupid argument from Ham here. Um, it's really stupid, honestly. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also significantly, so, as I've, as I've talked about before, you can kind of, like, the, the alloys make sense. Specifically, the alloys of tin are both clearly kind of, uh, related to the way the tin works in different yeah. ways. So what do you think aluminum and copper do together? Copper is the one where you can mask it's it's the smoker one, yeah. Yeah, creates right, copper cloud is what yeah. I, the only reason I remember what it does. Um and aluminum strips stuff away. Mm. Man, that's a tough combination. So you have a theory? Back, well, back back in the day, I had all these theories about a metal that like let you burn your metals at accelerated rates. Yeah. And the existence of aluminum, it would make sense if, okay, aluminum just burns through all your metals in an instant. And then maybe aluminum and something else lets you do that in a more controlled fashion and lets you be like a super, you know, Lord Ruler type guy. Um... And that, I think it's a pretty compelling theory. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call that a prediction. I'll put some number on that at some point. Uh, we we need to be better at putting the numbers on our predictions. But um, it doesn't really sound like copper, does it? No, copper doesn't sound right. Copper covers stuff. Could yeah. you strip? Not. I was gonna say, could you strip someone else's metal away? That's that's pretty much what I was thinking. I was thinking but like, does maybe, that make sense? Like a power seems... nullification aura of some kind. That's so overpowered but that also in that theory fits, right well that fits with uh that fits with copper as well kind of right like copper suppresses er, er, the emissions of alamance in an aura around you so it would it would make a lot of sense if it like made everyone maybe not permanently strips them away 
I mean, I suppose, you know, I say permanently, like, you know, you can always just drink another vial. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that might actually be what it does. Like that does seem very powerful, as you say. Um, and it, it clearly, we, so this guy who sold it to her does say that he's heard of this alloy. Yeah. From other, uh, experts like him who make alloys for people. So, um, well, he doesn't, no, he doesn't say that, but he, he says, I've read of this composition. It is called Juralumin. Um, so like this is, this being a known alloy, if it's that powerful, you would think it would have been used. Like, why didn't they use it on Vin? If it does that. Yeah. Um, Maybe, maybe if it just like made your metals burn faster, though, I could see it then. Or like weakened your alimatic strength, so it's like you're fighting at half strength, that kind of thing. Yeah, I my only reason for even considering the it speeds up your alimatic thing is that we still we still don't know uh, how inquisitors have superpowers, how they work. Like, they, they're... We've been told that their, like, alimatic strength is a bit above normal people. Yeah. In particular... Well, at, at least Finn thinks or thought that they can pierce copper clouds, I think. Um, in fairness, the reason she thought that is that she was caught that one time in Credit Shaw Which by that one guy on the could just have been... It's possible that the Lord... That that like the little ruler caught her and said, "Hey, there's someone on the roof," and he went up and got her. Or I was thinking even that maybe just because they're better, that he was just uh, using his enhanced sight or yeah, oh yeah, hearing his, or whatever. Yeah, his 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 tin tin eye powers could have uh, that. That's what I thought at the time. I think that's even what they thought at the time. That surely he was just had used that and just got mm, lucky, mm. maybe with where he was. Yeah. I can't really but remember. I think I think at this point we've we've had characters talk about Steel Inquisitors being more powerful so many times that it's kind of got to be true. Like even even without that, like they they think Steel Inquisitors are more powerful. They think they're stronger and faster and more durable than normal than normal Alamancers, normal Mistborn. Uh And we still haven't really gotten a sense of why that is, even from Marsh. Now, admittedly, the characters should probably know the answer to that. But if it was a secret metal that was in one of their spikes, which is admittedly already something that's just a theory that I'm kind of stacking on top of here. Yeah. But if that is true, he wouldn't necessarily know what metals go in the spikes. So... It would it would make sense, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fit with the symbolism of the uh, the metals. I suppose it could be the opposite, like a cloud that gives everyone around you alimancy powers or something. Yeah, yeah, because that'd be real good for turning the tide of a battle, wouldn't it? That would be very. Helpful. That's a good idea. Hmm. Or it could be that it does boost the strength of Alamanti, but it boosts it for your alloys, your for your allies, not for yourself. Yeah. This alloy boosts your allies. <laughs> it's an allied boosting alloy. <laughs> uh, that would be a bit more balanced, wouldn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Do you have? Many more notes? Uh, no, I think this is... I think that was basically my last note. Yeah, that, that that's it, really. So, uh... Favorites and least favorites? They, they, she, yeah, she goes off to have a duel with, uh, with Ham while Elend watches, and that's the yeah. end of the chapter. Right, so favorites and least favorites. So, Adult, what was your least favorite thing about this chapter? Um, I, I, I felt certain parts of it really dragged. The opening where she's walking through the city like it's I guess like it's it's important to know like the new status quo and stuff I get but it just really didn't feel like that much information and then again when she's chatting with the lend like there's a lot of time spent on 
uh, I mean, some some of it is, I guess, lovey-dovey stuff that maybe is just me being <laughs> uh, not as into their romance as Brandon Sanderson is, but I don't know. It 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 really felt slow, and also the whole scene with the dogs. Like it was, it, it wasn't that funny to justify that lengthy scene, you know. Like I get that you had to show her buying the dog, but maybe dragged out a little bit. Yeah. So I'm gonna say the pacing is definitely my least favorite. Um, we we've heard that people complain about the pacing of this book sometimes. Yeah. And I thought the first few chapters were very fast paced and snappy and good, but uh um this this chapter definitely felt like a bit it dragged a bit, even though quite a lot does happen in this chapter. Like it could have been half the length, I feel like. Uh what would you say your least favorite thing was, yeah? Honestly I'd probably agree um that it was just kinda long and it was pretty dense, like all of a sudden a lot was happening, whereas before the last couple chapters, like, basically nothing was really going on. Not that there was, like, nothing happening. There was, you know, doing, like, setup and whatever that you need to do in a, in a sequel, but it felt like there was a lot happening all of a sudden, like, both with the Kandra stuff and the new Alloy stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I see, but that... that Even with Vin, I you was, know, getting a lot of Vin's character stuff. Yeah, I was, I was fine with that. Yeah, but it all happened in the one chapter. Yeah, I mean, but again, I'm I'm fine with that all happening in in the one chapter. It, just, just... it felt like this maybe could have been two chapters. It could have been, or rather than half the. Yeah, not. But I mean, that's that. That I mean that that that's fair if that is your complaint, but that that is a different complaint than my one. Because <laughs> uh, like I'm I'm fine with that. I just feel like all of the stuff that happened in this chapter could have taken place in half the word count. Is the thing maybe or you know like two thirds of the word count. Like yeah. we didn't, we didn't need to spend so long on Vin wanders the streets. Vin buys a dog. Vin go talk, chats with the land. Like, yeah, I think some of it could have been cut, and there were probably a couple of unnecessary pages. Maybe not quite half, but I, I could see this chapter being like four pages shorter. Mm. To be honest, what was your favorite um, of this chapter? So I mean, there's, there's two obvious options here which is we get some cool new metal lore and we get some cool new uh candra lore uh, i'm gonna go with the candra lore um i mean like i'm a simple man I, li- I like lore i like i like world building uh and i i've i've always liked the concept of the candra even before it was ever really established what they were i was i was kind of speculating some of this stuff yeah. So, um, always going to be kind of proud of that, aren't you? <laughs> well, yeah, but but what I'm saying is like the reasons why I was making those predictions, even the ones which were like, as, as it turns out, at most half true, like the fact that they use people's scalps. Uh, the reasons I was predicting that was that this concept of like this shape shifting creature that you know copies people like this. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a fantasy trope that I've always really liked. Uh, what would you say your favorite thing was, Young? I think my favorite thing might actually have been that little bit at the beginning with Vin having kind of an identity crisis, trying <laughs> to shed the the skin of Lady Vallette, hmm. so to speak, but then immediately seeing a dress and thinking, oh, that's a nice dress, because she gained that appreciation hmm. for the noble life in the first book. I don't know. I I like that bit of character development. Yeah, I I I it, mean, I it lo- wasn't a lot, but I like I like that character trait of Vin's. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if in this particular chapter it appealed to me that that much. So, uh, mailbox time. Our regular commenter Retro Rocket Twenty Four had a number of thoughts. We we won't uh, talk about all of them, but. Uh, first point I want to hit here is just that they talk about the bracers. So we were a bit confused by the idea of the adium bracers. Yeah. And they, they say that the way they picture them, at least like you could have like a fairly spaced out, like strips of metal type deal. Yeah. And also, uh, as I think, I think, I think you said that like, it could easily be that there's multiple metals as well. 
It was just part of it was adium, although. Uh, We don't. We still don't know too much about how it works, but I like. I suppose it might make sense to have a, a piece of jewelry that was multiple metals, just because then you could store multiple things at the same time with one piece of jewelry. Yeah. Assuming assuming you can, uh, like unless there's a rule specifically forbidding that, it would make sense. Um, and they point out that like. Given all the abilities that Farukamists and Alamatchers have and the whole compounding Farukami thing, the Lord Ruler had must have had a bunch of tricks that he didn't use during that fight. So you know, he was a bit being a bit arrogant, assuming that his whatever you want to call that metal blast that he used on Vin Yeah. Was enough. I mean, it was enough. If she hadn't pulled on the mist, but still, he could he could have done a lot of other things if he wanted to to, to end the fight quickly. Um, they point out that an eleven metal misting would be more useful than a gold one because it gives you insight into into the people you're dealing with. I guess that's true, but it feels like the insight isn't. Uh, we we still don't know that much about the eleventh metal, but. Just from what we saw, seeing like an alternate life path of a random person isn't going to tell you that much about them, is the thing. Yeah. Like, is it better than a gold one? Unless you're exploiting the uh, the fact that you can touch them in some way. Yeah. For sure. Like, just the ability to see an alternate version of yourself is not that useful. Yeah, that's true. It's like a one-time, oh, I guess that's what my life would have been life, and that's it. <laughs> uh... But it's still pretty weak. It's it's very weak. So I wouldn't... And considering as well that it's like a complicated to make alloy, it's hardly surprising that people wouldn't know that they have that power. Nor would it re- even... like it, it might be worth testing for like if you're just routinely testing for all the metals. But since it's not a well-known metal... Yeah... It's 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 not if like it's not like Vin is gonna go. Wow, we better test all the scab we have to check if they're secretly eleventh metal mistings. That'll save the day. Yeah. Uh. Oh, you wanted to say something about the POVs? Um, it's just one of the things mentioned in the comment is that in the first book, there was a much more distinguishable kind of split between the POVs. It was. The majority of it was Vin's POV, probably around 70%. And then there was, like, the rest of it was mostly Kelsier. And then a couple times we got other people. Mm. Whereas in this book, immediately, we've had, like, four POVs or something. Yeah, I mean, it It seems like it's settling into be maybe more Vin now. Maybe. Maybe, but we still had a whole chapter from Sazed, even if it was a short one. Mm. Mm. Which is... Which is good. I, I mean, I I agree with them. They, they say that they love Sazed's POV and, like, we didn't get, like, that much out of Sazed's POV <laughs> last chapter, but I definitely love seeing more points of view on this world. So, uh, hey, if, if, if Vin isn't the main character, you know, like, I can, I can live with that. Maybe we'll get a ham chapter next. <laughs> a dachshund chapter, you know? That'd be cool. Um, so yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about, I don't, I don't know where to fit this into the episode exactly, but, uh, we've been missing, messing around a bit with some of this new AI generated art technology. Yeah. Uh, just, we, we having had it generate some, uh, automated Mistborn fan art because apparently it knows the word Mistborn. So that was... Fun to see with the stable diffusion. Uh, I mean, obviously, look, I say fat, like it's, uh, as, I don't know if I can call myself an artist. <laughs> Is that pretentious? But, it's never pretentious uh, to call yourself an artist. Look, I mean, there's, there's some, there's definitely some controversy in the art world over these models, you know, will they be replacing people, all that. Um, certainly nothing we produced except for like one or two things 
would be at the level where you could actually use it, like those clear artifacts and issues with most of them. But it's still cool to see, I think. And, and there were a few of them. There was one in particular, which uh, which is really, the, I guess, the real reason I want to talk about this. Uh, there was a few of them which portrayed the mist cloaks in a way that I haven't, in my admittedly limited experience, just seeing like the covers mainly, seen them portrayed, and which I hadn't thought to picture them, which is as these more sort of gauzy-looking things. And just this, it gave me, it, it, it let me see, like, oh, so that's how they could look like mist, you know? From, which I hadn't gotten from the descriptions. Uh, and I don't know, that was it pulling that from some great fan art that someone else did that showed that? Or even, like, official art? Yeah. Or was that just a result of, like, an artifact where it just got sort of blurry? Because these they do tend to blur the lines between different things, you know, and having mist and clothing in the same shot, it's, it wouldn't be surprising for them to sort of blur together. But whether it was a happy accident or what, I thought that was interesting. And uh, I'll post a gallery of the stuff we came up with. Uh, like, it's, it's interesting to see, like, you, you came up with a bunch that looked like book covers. Yeah, but pretty, like not, not pretty a, shady book covers. Well, there was, uh, there was some, a lot of artifacting, but like... They didn't look like any of the Mistborn book covers I've seen. That's particularly. true. I don't. I, I don't know if that's the design of like this. This kind of gives me like Mistborn vibes, actually. Yeah, like it's it's a. I mean, the the fact that they're square as well is uh, because that's just the the format. This this thing we're using, yeah. Uh, uh, like they they don't look like actual book covers. <laughs> you couldn't use these as a book cover, but it's still cool to see. Like that's that's definitely would be cool inspiration for a for a book cover design. Like I I, I could see in, in that style you could make a really cool Mistborn book cover. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. So I think that's the end of the episode. Yep. As always, you can reach out to us on Twitter at podyoungadult. Our email address is podcastyoungadult at gmail dot com. And we post the Mistborn episodes on r slash Mistborn on Reddit. So you can find them there as well. And of course, we would love to have any positive reviews or thumbs up on whatever your podcasting uh, app or website you're using to listen to this is. Thank you for listening.